A haunting last photo is all that his parents are left with. The photo is a close-up shot of his face, set against a bleak, dark landscape. He's alone, we think, he is lost, we believe, and he is very afraid. How he vanished has never been solved. He was a boy scout, aged twelve, and he vanished into thin air. He was with his scout group on a hike, there one minute, gone the next. It was July the 19th, 1991, and 12-year-old Jared Negret was on his first overnight camping trip in the San Gorgorio wilderness of California, in the southeastern part of the San Bernardino National Forest, north of Beaumont and Banning, an area the LA Times calls a breathtaking bramble of rocks and dozens of trails, many of which meander to nowhere. After Jared disappeared, a subsequent 19-day search for him found only his camera with that last haunting photo, and some candy wrappers. How could he vanish in the middle of the wilderness? There was no road to leave by, no transport out of there, no route out apart from a very long hike. His mother, Linda Negrette, said the hardest part is at night, knowing he's out there by himself in the wilderness. His mother had called out to her son over a public address system for days from a helicopter circling the search area. Associated Press camera found as they followed footprints they believed made by Jared Negrette. The film, in the 5'2", 150-pound boy's camera, was developed, but proved to be of no use to searchers. All it had was the close-up of his face. The photo looked as though it was taken at night. Associated Press said a roll of film in the camera showed at least seven photos officials believe were taken after Jared was separated from his scout troop. The picture was of the boy at dusk, apparently taken by holding the camera out at arm's length. Well, that's certainly one explanation, and probably the correct one. But what if it had been an abductor taking his photo? Of Jared, terrified and helpless. A photograph taken as a taunt, and then his camera dropped to the ground, left there to be found, leaving it for his searchers to find, and his parents as a sick joke, goading them. This wouldn't be unique. If you think of the truck stop killer, Robert Ben Rhodes, who made his young female victim put on a black dress and be photographed just moments before he killed her. The visceral terror in her eyes captured for eternity and spread across the internet for millions to see. Is this what happened to Jared? And yet, wouldn't his kidnappers' footprints have been there in the dusty wilderness dirt? Dogs and searchers on foot and horseback narrowed in on a four-square-mile radius around the site where his camera had been found. On August the 9th, it was reported, shoe prints were found at around 10,000 feet, and it was believed they could have belonged to Jared. Not far from the boy's camera, a few candy wrappers had been found, and an indentation in the ground near his footprints that looked like the boy had slid approximately nine feet down a small slope. Where he went from there is impossible to say. No footprints were found leading away in any direction. Jared had last been seen hiking on the Vivian Trail. His Kodak camera was found under a bush 200 feet off this trail. Nearly 7,000 rescuers and thousands of volunteers scoured the San Bernardino Mountains for 16 days, using helicopters, dog teams, horses, infrared devices, all without success in finding the Boy Scout. 
In fact, it would turn out to be the state's largest and most expensive missing person search, involving thousands of man-hours. Sheriff deputies and marines scoured Mount San Gorgonio in the National Forest, and overhead, six helicopters concentrated on a 45-square-mile radius on the east side of the mountain. Meanwhile on foot, the marines went through the area with a fine-tooth comb. The Boy Scout group had begun their hiking trip at Camp Tarquitz, south of Big Bear Lake. Jared had set off on the hike with 12 other scouts to the 11,500-foot summit of the mountain. As the group reached just 500 feet from the summit, however, Jared had apparently become very tired and he started flagging behind the rest of the scouts. This didn't seem to have been noted by the group themselves. Some hikers in the area noticed it and they informed the scout leader. At this point, the scout leader told Jared to rest there and stay behind while the remainder of the group continued on up to the summit. Scout leader Dennis Knight told the Boy Scout officials later that he decided to carry on with the rest of the group and to pick up Jared on the way down from the summit. The scout leader told Jared he would go with the rest of the scouts while Jared sat down and they would be back shortly. However, when he returned with the other scouts, Jared was no longer there. The shocked leader of the scouts quickly told the boys to search the immediate vicinity for Jared. He couldn't imagine Jared could be very far away. After all, he reasoned, the reason Jared had been left behind was because he'd become very tired, so the last thing anyone could have expected was that Jared would have taken off hiking by himself. That wouldn't have made any sense. And yet the scouts could see no sign of him on the trail nor anywhere around them. After failing to spot him, the group hiked back along the trail to the main camp as fast as possible and the troop leader alerted the authorities. An official search for the boy was organised. It wasn't the middle of winter, it was July, and so temperatures were relatively mild and the authorities said there was sufficient water in the National Park to enable Jared to survive for several days. Initial searches, however, found no sign of him. Loss of scout is unexplainable, wrote press, eight days into the search. Newspapers reported constantly with any updates as the search progressed, into hours, then days, then weeks. On the ninth day of the search, San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department reported on the discovery of the missing boy's camera. They said discovery of missing boy scout's camera and snap wrapper boosted searchers' hope Sunday, the ninth day of an intensive search effort to locate the 12-year-old who disappeared in rugged terrain while on first hike. Meanwhile, Bill Lanieu, senior deputy sheriff with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, said, It gives us more of a direction of travel. All the evidence of the missing boy was in a one-mile radius. The camera, the candy wrappers, and also some discarded beef jerky along with one set of footprints. Tanya Carhill, spokesman for County Sheriff's Department, said, We're not going to quit searching. We have somebody's baby out there. The Newton Times on July the 29th reported, In addition to searches on foot and on horseback, helicopters have been used to scan brutal terrain. Infrared monitors were installed at a number of high points Saturday night in the hope of spotting the boy in the dark. However, they said only deer and other animals were detected by the monitors. 
Bishop Frank Barney of El Monde's Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, who sponsored Jarrett's scout group, Troop Number 538, said, He's young and very shy, and was allowed to get a little behind the others. Another group of hikers spotted Jared behind and notified the troop leader. Of course, many will blame the scout leader, and these days more than one leader would be expected to go out with a group of scouts, but before we're too hard on the scout leader, Jared was only 500 feet away from the peak where the scout leader and the rest of the boys were. The leader did not expect Jared to go anywhere, and after all, there was really nowhere to go, other than into the wilderness. So who would have imagined the boy could simply vanish like this? There were only sparse other hikers around in the vast expanse of the forest. When the scout leader returned to find Jared gone, he took the scout group back to base and hiked for five miles in the dark to fetch help. At around midnight, he made first contact with park officials and the search began in the early hours. They searched all that first weekend. Ninety searchers were airlifted into the dense evergreen forest. They tramped through it until it got too dark. They found no clues. By day three, there were hundreds of volunteers searching through the forest. Sheriff's Deputy Deborah Dono said they're checking every creek and crevice, anywhere that a 12-year-old boy could go. We're reasonably confident he can survive. Perhaps he's got impatient waiting and had tried to hike back to base camp alone, and yet he didn't appear to have been heading in that direction. As the search went on all weekend and a footprint was found by a tracker, it was believed this footprint matched one of Jared's high-top tennis shoes that he'd been wearing. And as Monday came, the plan was to focus on a six-square-mile area where they'd found the print. Jared's uncle, Harvey Beach, told reporters, We know Jared had still been alive when he took the last photos at dusk. Five days after Jared's disappearance, reporter Edmund Newson for the LA Times wrote, Search and rescue teams were buoyed yesterday by continued sightings of sneaker tracks near the Sky High Trail. The tracks were about three miles from where Jared had last been seen. This would mean, if they were Jared's tennis shoe tracks, that he had, for some reason, hiked for three miles, but not in the correct direction for base camp. His uncle said he believed the boy lost his camera while sliding a few feet down a portion of the mountainside. He said from the track marks he left, he was on his bottom sliding down to a lower area and water. This was in the same location as the discarded candy wrappers were found. Yet this did not seem to be in the same location as his tracks. Another uncle, Leo Cotts, said Jared always carried some goodies with him. Jared used to accompany him on shorter hikes. Leo said the film, food, wrappers and earlier tracks helped rescuers narrow the search area to the south fork of White Water River. And because of these discoveries, 1,000 volunteers continue to search full force. Among the searchers, nearly a dozen uncles and cousins gathered. His parents, however, remained at home. They were too distraught to come to the wilderness where their boy was lost. His mother couldn't bring herself to look at the last photo taken by her son. Local newspaper reported the tracks, which included some that matched sneakers the boy had been wearing, were reported near a point known as the switchback. Trackers, including 27 marines and two dogs from the El Toro Marine Base, were slowed by the thickness of the vegetation and instability of the rocky terrain. Could Jared be in there? Volunteers focus on an area of thick chaparral said the sheriff. It's very slow going up there. He said the lead tracker was following a trail through vegetation so thick 
that at times he was only able to cover as little as 150 feet per hour. Then the trail the tracker had been following seemingly simply stopped. Still the searchers carried on. San Bernardino County firefighter Bill Garcia had already spent 18 hours a day on the search for Jared. He still held out hope. There's plenty of water, he said. There's fish in some of the creeks. With a little ingenuity, there are enough resources to live off. If he keeps his wits, he should be able to get by. Had he drowned, if there was water there? But wouldn't the tracker dogs have picked up his scent at the water's edge? And the search and rescue teams had dredged through the creeks looking for him. And if he'd waded through the creek, wouldn't his tracks have been there when he emerged on the other side? Mike Bassett, director of service for 387 scout troops in the San Gabriel Valley Council, said, He's had basic map training and compass training. But he added that he didn't know if Jared had a map or compass with him, and he admitted Jared's skills for survival were definitely basic. On the 27th of July, eight days after Jared disappeared, LA Times reported, Trail grows faint in search for Boy Scout. Efforts to find the 12-year-old will continue into next week, deputies say. Tracks have grown faint in treacherous rock shoots, and footprints have led nowhere. It's been over a week since Negret disappeared. Hopes, though growing dimmer, are still alive among the searchers picking through the rocky wilderness. 150 volunteers are moving slowly through a 45-mile target. We'll fast forward to 10 years later, and Philippe Negret, Jared's father, chased the ghosts up a mountain, said the LA Times. It's been 10 years since his 12-year-old son Jared vanished high on St. Gorgonio and was never seen again. Negret followed his son's path up the mountain, prayed, then collapsed, clawing at the rocky trail. The reason his father was up in the National Forest was because another boy had disappeared. Sixteen-year-old William Parvin had vanished. Jared's mother said, I wish I could put my arms around that boy's mother. She says she watches the search for this missing boy on TV and the interviews with his parents. She said, I could see the looks on their faces. It's desperation. Horror. No one can comprehend it, but I know it. I feel it again. The hundreds of rescuers who searched for her son Jared had given up all hope after 19 days. Muncie Evening Press, at the time of Jared's disappearance, said his mother clings to her memories of the last minutes she spent with her son. She said he was with his friends and I didn't want to embarrass him, so I mouthed, I love you, and be careful. He mouthed back, I love you and I will. That's the last memory I have. She was never able to bring herself to look at the last photo of her son, taken by him, alone in the darkness. Now, another boy had vanished. Except William Parvin was found. Four years older than Jared and a more experienced hiker, LA Times writes, boy staggers back to civilization after four days lost. Bruised and disoriented and dehydrated, but very much alive, the teen stumbled out of the woods. He'd been hiking with his father and sister, 12-year-old Alyssa, when Alyssa began suffering from altitude sickness and wanted to stop the hike. At this point, she and William were slightly ahead of their father, and William told his sister to wait there for their father while he went on to reach the summit, in circumstances very similar to Jared. William never came back. Despite his father searching all night for him, no sign of William could be found. The next day, an official search began. However, for William, knowing that he was lost, he spotted the lights of Palm Springs and Whitewater, and he made the decision to set off in the best direction toward them. He continued on for three days, even encountering a bear. 
He saw a helicopter searching for him during this time, but he was too far away for it to see him, said San Bernardino Sheriff Sergeant Frank Gonzalez. The nights were cold, and by day three he'd begun to hallucinate, hearing his parents' voices, and at one point he thought he saw the words, We're looking for you, written in the clouds. When he reached Whitewater Creek, he followed it toward the lights he'd seen from higher up, and eventually he reached the edge of the desert and civilization and safety. William had encountered a black bear, but if lost boy Jared ten years earlier had been attacked by a bear, there would have been blood, torn clothing, bear scat with human remains. The searchers found none of this in their desperate hunt for Jared. If Jared had perished out there ten years earlier, why wasn't his body found? Why weren't his plastic glasses found? Plastic doesn't perish. His blue, two-quart plastic canteen was never found either. No teeth were found, no bones, no physical evidence of his demise. They never found anything. The sheriff said there was never any sign of foul play in Jared's disappearance. Apart from the group of hikers who had alerted the scout group that Jared was flagging behind, there was no one else nearby and the authorities had ruled out those hikers as suspects. His parents think his body is still up there. But how could all the teams of tracker dogs and cadaver dogs not pick up on his scent if he was? The LA Times reported the family of the missing Boy Scout has hired a private detective to investigate the possibility that the youth was kidnapped. Detective Logan Clark, who specialises in child abduction cases, said that there were strong indications that Jared did not die in the wilderness. Yet these findings were not revealed, and if this were the case, why had his prince simply stopped in the middle of nowhere? If he'd been abducted and physically picked up, there would have been somebody else's tracks there. The San Bernardino Sheriff's Department spokesman Jim Bryant said that they've never turned up any evidence of foul play. All that was left with the boy was the last haunting photo, which shows just the boy's eyes and nose an extreme close-up which only adds to the horror of his undetermined fate. His father, Philippe, said, You could see in the photo that he was very scared. So what happened to Jared? In October 2008, the Telegram and Gazette reported those closest to retired state police captain Ronald S. Gray are hopeful that the man who survived a brutal attack in Vietnam will be found safe in the woods of northeast Idaho, where he vanished last month while hunting. Mr Gray's long-time friend, retired State Police Lieutenant Colonel John Cunningham said, If he's lost, he can fend for himself. But as time set in and his friend did not return, sentiment began to change rapidly. 62-year-old retired Captain Gray was on an elk hunting trip with friends from his hometown of North Brookfield. When their trip was due to come to an end, Gray indicated that he would stay on for a few more days to hunt on his own. It was something he'd done before because he was retired, said North Brookfield Police Chief Aram Tomasayan Jr. But since September the 23rd, no one has seen or heard from him. Gray was supposed to meet up with the others at Otter Boot in the Selway area of the Nez Perce National Forest that day, but he never arrived. He was last known to be hunting in the Bitterroot Selway area from a remote camp in Mirror Lake Ridge. There was no cell service in the area, 
but the Telegram and Gazette reported unconfirmed reports of a radio transmission in which he said he'd injured his knee and was trying to get back to camp, but it doesn't appear he ever returned. The date of transmission is not clear, but Gray may have had GPS with him. The Vietnam vet was reported missing on September the 26th. Idaho County Sheriff's Department has been searching the area on the ground and from the air for five days, said the newspapers. Hillcrest Aviation and the Idaho Army National Guard are assisting. The search was extensive, covering about 5,200 square miles. They stayed out at night, his longtime friend said. The best case scenario is that he's out there having the time of his life. But it's not good when you don't communicate for so long and he's not the type who would create any cause for worry. Deputy Nieder commented, He said to the last person that saw him, Tell everybody not to worry about me. I'll walk out when I'm ready. The newspaper reported, Deputy Nieder said his department are aware of there was evidence that someone had used food cachets stored in the area by hunters. However, the deputy added, It's unclear who might have done this. Searchers were concerned that, although it was known Gray did have equipment with him to build a fire, which they would have expected Gray to use, They'd seen no sign of smoke anywhere during their searches. As well as being a former soldier, Gray had also worked for the former Metropolitan District Commission Police as a canine handler. His friends said this training would also help him if he was lost in the wilderness. He was also a member of the North Brookfield Conservation Commission. He was certainly no novice in the outdoors. Chief Deputy Nieder said, as the search continued, the area of the search is remote and the terrain rugged with steep mountains and deep draws, but weather there has been unseasonably warm, which helped the search. Gray lived in North Brookfield, Massachusetts at the time of his disappearance. He was last seen in Idaho County on September the 19th. He was supposed to meet his companions at a designated spot, but he never arrived. His friends waited another three days before reporting him missing figuring, as has been said, that he was staying on alone, and as he often did, and always managed perfectly well on his own. He was in fine health at the time of his disappearance, but the extensive search of the forest turned up no signs at all of the former soldier and former Massachusetts State Police Captain. The search, which included the Idaho National Guard, failed to find him. However, a pack of some of his personal items were discovered at Highline Lake. Searches covered approximately 1,000 square miles of rugged terrain that varied from 2,000 to 7,000 feet in elevation, desperately trying to find him. Seven years after his disappearance, his widow petitioned for an official declaration of his death. According to the court records, he was last heard from by radio on September the 19th, indicating he was at Highline Lakes and planned to walk back to his companion's outfitter's camp, the Totter Butte. Despite a month-long search by ground and air, Gray was never found. He'd completely vanished, and his case remains cryptically unsolved. The retired police captain had served in the Marine Corps and fought in Vietnam with the 1st Battalion of the 9th Marines. The unit's members were known for turning down Purple Heart medals and staying to fight alongside their comrades. Retired police colonel John Cunningham said they were known as the Walking Dead. He'd also been a Marine, and he said, We rescue our own. He'd do it for us. But despite surviving the toughest conditions imaginable in the jungles of Vietnam, somehow, in the wilderness of the Idaho National Forest, former soldier Ronald Gray had simply silently vanished. <laughs>